welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. It is episode number 48. On uh, another bright and sunny Sunday. Woke up coughing this morning. That's always nice. <laughs> Back with my co-host, the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? I am very sick. That's spreading. Yeah. And I'm about to go stand in the sun for like four and a half hours. So that's going to be fun. Oh, Lord. What's up? What's... I didn't check what the temperature is supposed to be today. It's going to get close to 90. Oh. It's fall. <laughs> it started like three days ago. Uh, it got delayed. Equinox <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if we, um, I've been coughing this morning. Uh, yeah, you're, you're sick. So we both might cough and just die on air. So if that happens, somebody uh, render this audio somehow after we die. And we can get like the highest rated episode ever. We won't be alive uh, to see it, but... Also, please click in the description where you'll find GoFundMe links <laughs> right. for our funerals. <laughs> right, because dying is expensive. <laughs> but I'm going to try to make it through this podcast without coughing up a lung, falling over. Um, but yeah, I got my mute, my, I got the mute button in my hand. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> I might just, I'm going to try not to cough into the mic. I don't want to contaminate my microphone, but anywho, another weekend of fights. There were a lot of fights this weekend. I didn't realize like how many cards were on, but, um, oh yeah, no, action packs. Yeah, it was a lot going on, especially considering literally nothing's happening next week. <laughs> well, not well, not nothing. I should say, but like next to nothing. What is the next? Yeah, you know what? We'll get into that later. I can't remember what the next card is. But uh, UFC two sixteen. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that is coming. And, and there's a Bellator one eighty four. I think on the seventh right. or the sixth. I can't remember. So a mini a mini break. Actually, that's good because I start my vacation when that Bellator card starts. So awesome. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that day but yeah man we had uh ufc fight night 117 go down uh, bellator 183 happened lfa had a card we had boxing fights m1 everybody was getting knocked out everywhere uh, acb um joe schmo at, at, like hooters or whatever I'm sure there was a fight at Hooters somewhere. Right. <laughs> I've never been to a Hooters, actually, now that I think about it. It's exactly what you think it is. Mediocrity? Yeah. yeah I figured. Me- mediocrity and very pervy middle-aged men. Uh, yeah, I see. I don't... Yeah. That's... <laughs> also, a quick note. I didn't know last night. Or Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. 
because um, my friend, uh, shout out to my homie Davon, who had mentioned to me, like, there was a Bellator kickboxing card last night. Yes. And I had no idea that was on. But, like, it's, I guess it's playing on tape delay. Next week, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, the, that's the idea. Nobody seems to know. And it's really weird, because, like, the kickboxers don't even know. People were asking, like, Joe Schilling, like, when he was going to be on TV, and he was like, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> he was really upset about it, too. I would be, too. And it kind of sucks, because, like, I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me now, but I remember I looked at the lineup last night, and, like, there were some, like, legit people. Like, Kevin Ross was on there, Schilling was on there, Raymond Daniel was on there. Um, Jurina Bars yeah, was on Jurina there. Yeah, Bars was on there, which is somebody everybody should see. And it's like, you have all of these really good names on this card, but, like, there's no promo, there's no... You know what's really fucked up, too? You know what, uh, Bellator aired their prelims on Twitter last night, like Showtime did yeah. from the Broner fight? Yeah. So, they had... And my thought process was, oh, I guess they're going to do the four-fight main card, and they're going to have Aaron Pico... On the um the prelims, no, he fought on the main card on the in like the second fight on the main card. So the Twitter fights were literally headlined by Tony Johnson and Mike Ortega. <laughs> Shout out to them though. <laughs> it's a good KO. Like, like, like no, yeah, like but like no, like no sauce, but like I I'd rather have seen. Joe Schilling, Jarena Bars, and Kevin Ross, you know? Right, yeah. Like, that would have been a good way to... And apparently, got, like, 75,000 people to watch. At least according to the stream, so... Yeah. And, I mean, I, I watched some of the prelims, and some... some Well, the only two that stuck out was the Tony Johnson, and then um, I watched the, Ga- the, that... the Gaston Balanos fight. Yeah, the one they aired on, um, on the broadcast yeah. after... Yeah. But it's like, yeah, if you're going to do this kickboxing thing, and you have, like, legit names, you have to put these people out there. Like, you, you have to put these people out there. But I don't know. May, maybe by the time uh, this tape delay rolls around, I don't know. Maybe they'll have some... I don't know. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's not like they can't do both. You know? Like, they can't do... Like, like it's not like they can't do the thing on Twitter and then air it next week on TV. Because it's going to pull the same number. It's going to pull like 500,000, 650,000 people. Because right. anybody who actually cares about the damn fights are going to read the results today. So, yeah. uh, it, it's my, it's not mind-boggling. It's just upsetting. Because... Uh, it's Bellator. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is in a nutshell. But... Yeah, uh, I guess today mainly we're going to cover uh, UFC Fight Night 117, Japan, and Bellator 183. So uh, so let's kick it off with this UFC card, which was pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> At least the main card. I can't speak on a lot of the prelims. But anywho, um, this main event, which had me scratching my head as soon as I saw the matchup, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, card was headlined by Ovin St. Prue. And Yushin Okami, <laughs> this is that uh, light heavyweight, which um, Okami's been in what, three different weight classes now, but he's been fighting at 170. How that's been happening, I don't even know. But he's been a welterweight for like the last few years. Um, but he came up to 205 to meet Ovince St. Preux. Um, Not a lot to talk about in this fight other than uh, St. Preux once again doing the... Oh, <laughs> 
could got it might as well be called the Von Prue choke now because he's just it seems like he just does it when he wants to. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this fight literally was Okami shooting for a takedown, not getting it, kind of like pulled the half guard. Uh, St. Prue just kind of advanced position. At one point, Okami goes for a guillotine, which knew he wasn't going to get. And like right at that moment, Ovince just kind of like clasps his hands and uh, behind Okami's neck. And then he just kind of. Um, Put that, I guess it would be like shoulder pressure. <laughs> so Okami just kind of went limp. <laughs> and that was it. That was the entire fight. There was not, not a whole lot to digest. Not a whole lot to take in. Um, I didn't think Okami was going to shoot for a takedown that quick. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it would have stayed on the feet just a bit more, but... I don't know. Didn't, uh, the, didn't the, go well. that. The last time he stayed on the feet was like a big, strong dude who was bigger than him was well, not bigger than, but like could hit harder than him was like Jacare. Yeah, and that didn't yeah. hit well for him. Yeah, yeah. So I did not. <laughs> I, I think Okami thought he was gonna be able to like wear on Ovin Zebru even if he didn't get the takedown. I don't think he accounted for the fact that Zebru was like a, ten times stronger than him. And, like yeah, that was like a really bad take. Yeah, down. yeah. <laughs> See, I was thinking he would like use his hands maybe just to set up a take. Down. Like maybe just like a quick slip a jab or something like that, and then just maybe even like going for underhooks or. But yeah, he just yeah, it just looked kind of sloppy. It, it, yeah, he was from way out, like not even the same area code type, but like don't, like single leg really. Cause I, I, it, it, it was like a dive, like it was supposed to be like a double leg, but he only ended up grabbing one leg. And he, uh, yeah. he paid for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not sure what um, Okami's future is at 205. I guess didn't really not existent. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's like kind of didn't see anything, but on the same token, I'm like I don't. I'd rather you probably just go back to 185. Well, I don't know. Probably not a lot of easy fights waiting for you down there either, but... I don't know. It, it was just weird seeing him at 205. You can go down to 170. I guess. <laughs> go, go, go fight Damian Maia or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess for OSP, I mean, awesome win. Not, not a lot of people are just pulling Von Flu chokes uh, out of the air. Like, this dude just... <laughs> it's just like that's just his thing now but uh from what i heard after the fight he still does want the shogun rematch which i'm um vehemently against but <laughs> i actually I, I get why he wants it <sighs> i don't does it really do anything though like get some a win i mean yeah <laughs> like, uh, like again what is Shogun ranked like number six, no, number five? He's five now. I've got the ring is up. He's five now when OSP is six. So exactly. There we go. <laughs> 2017. Shogun is officially top five, dead or alive, light heavyweight in the UFC. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I guess if if OSP wants that rematch, I mean, yeah, why not? I'm I'm not excited about it, but. Uh, 205. What are you? What are you gonna do? What do you want from me? <laughs> so, I guess I'm not. I'm not too too mad at it. I guess. 
Um, I really wanted Yusha Okami to jab and clutch his way to victory. Just so we get Yusha Okami versus, like, Gustafson. <laughs> That's why I said, like, I didn't think he was going to shoot so fast. Like, I thought he would just use the hands. I mean, he's not, like, a world strike class striker or anything. But, like, he's competent, at least. And I was thinking, like, you know, maybe he'll just, you know, he'll, he'll pity pat from outside and just kind of be one of those, like, grueling fights where he just kind of leans on him and, yeah, just tries to wear him out. But, yeah, yeah. Um, did not turn out well. So, I mean, I, I guess OSP Shogun's going to happen. Um, because, what, Manua is tied up right now. Um, is, he, is he tied up or is he still unconscious? Oh, he's fighting um, yeah, he, Glover, right? He's fighting? Is it Glover? He's fighting somebody. He, I, I feel like I'm pretty sure he... Oh, no, 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 no. There are rumors of him fighting somebody, I think. But I don't know if it's concrete. Well, I think according to him, he has a fight. But I don't remember who... You know what, let me stop. Hey, was it that Polish dude? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're right. Whose name I uh, cannot remember and probably can't pronounce. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's fighting it on the Polish card against um that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Masilia, Masiliala. So that fight's happening. Uh, I forgot. Ozdemir, does he have a fight? No, uh, not yet. Kind of wild that he's got him floating in the in the ethos somewhere but yeah i don't know 205 just continues to be a weird just bad <laughs> it's just it's such a bizarre division ah every time i think of 205 i feel really bad for cormier i don't know i don't know yeah ultimate does not have a fight lined up but yeah, so, yeah, that, that was pretty much the main event, to be honest. There's not a whole lot to really dissect there, um, except Ovin St. Preux, uh is the new owner of the Von Fu Choke, and... This is really, this is really like a throwback Japan card, where you got, like, one guy moving up two weight classes. Right. <laughs> you got Takanori Gomi, you got a world-class kickboxer fighting a mediocre MMA fighter. <laughs> hey, man. Japan gonna Japan. <laughs> yeah. And this crowd, which I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait until the aforementioned fight that I noticed it in. But <laughs> um, this co main event, though, I guess just moving on. Um, I feel like there's a, a little bit to dissect here. This fight was pretty. I can't say I was shocked. I don't really know what the word is to describe this. It was just really. I, I was awe. Yeah, awe. it was. Oh, man. Like, so co-main event was Jessica Andrade and uh, Claudia Gadelia. Um, I mean, if you've been watching Andrade for a while, you know, ever since she's came down to 115, she's just been, um, aside from uh, the fight with Young Jacek, she's just been slaughtering <laughs> everybody she's fought. But we all know, like, Claudia's, like, she, she's like the Cormier. <laughs> well, I guess you can't say that because Cormier's champ now, but pre-John Jones steroid uh, bust, you know, she was like that clear-cut number two that it just seemed like nobody was going to beat her. Like, she was just way too well-rounded. The wrestling would be too much. But, man, um, Andrade got busy. <laughs> Andrade got real busy, man. And not to take away from Claudia's performance, because, like, she started off the fight really well. Because the, the fight started off pretty much them trading shots on the feet 
and Gadelia was seemed like a lot more crisp, a lot more accurate. She was landing some pretty hard shots, um, even though like Andrade was still plotting forward. The card just seemed like he was getting the better of the exchanges. But my God, man, when that grappling came into play, and you just see this, <laughs> Andrade just has this strength that's just like not human. <laughs> the way she can just bully people, and relative to her division, I don't think there's anybody stronger than her. Mm-mm. Like it, like man or woman in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Like relative to everybody else in her division, she's the strongest <laughs> fighter in the UFC. Man, like Aguirre Latifi, um, Brock Lesnar, maybe. But like, like Andrade just seems like somebody who could like pull off, like go to one of those like strongest woman competitions and just like do work. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was like I said. Claudia started off the fight good, and then I think it was um, gosh, she ended up on the ground somehow. I can't remember what happened. Andrade took her down. <laughs> like, was that the leg lift? Uh, that might have been the first one, yeah. Because, yeah, like, she had went, this was some straight, like, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. She went for, like, a single leg and literally just, like, lifted Gadelia up over her head and just slammed She her. did the same thing to Ioana and Jacek. I just remembered in the first, like, a couple times in that fight, but, like, Jacek popped back up. Yeah. Yeah, Gadelia did not have the same, um, (laughs) man, yeah, like, she lifted her up over her head and just slammed her like she was a child, and then just brutal ground and pound, and then even when, starting in, like, round two, when they did have exchanges on the feet, we saw kind of, like, the Andrade that we're used to seeing, where she's just plotting forward. And no matter what you throw, it just doesn't matter. She's just going to keep coming, and she's going to keep hitting you with bombs. Gadelia's face was just, <laughs> just, oh, man. It, her face was just all kinds of red, just blood everywhere. It, it was, it was scary. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's, that's the only way to describe it. Like, Andrade is just terrifying, just lifting you up over her shoulder and just slamming you at will she gets you on the ground she gets top pressure you're getting hammered repeatedly and then when you trade on the feet she just hits just ridiculously hard and she doesn't get tired (laughs) she never gets tired and you could tell like by the third Gadelia was just like she was out of it like like what do I have to do to get this chick away from me and there's nothing you can do because Andrade is just, she's just an animal. Yeah. And so, um, heading into this fight, it, it was really bizarre, see, uh, like seeing so many people confident that uh, Goodell Goodell's gonna win this fight. Because this kind of played out almost exactly like I thought it would. I didn't expect it to be so violent <laughs> for some reason. Like, uh, like I expected like Goodell to be able to stall her out a little bit. But if MMA was one or like one and a half rounds, Goodell would probably uh, I'd be comfortable saying Goodell was like the best striker in like women's stri- uh, strawweight, even better than like Joanna. 
Because it's just something about her. She just something about her game that like just fucks with Joanna. That were like she dropped her like what was it two or three times in their in their rematch in their title fight. Like she dropped her in the third round where she was spent, and Joanna uh, landed like fifty, sixty more strikes in her. But but her style of fighting, or striking, I should say, and her natural predilections towards wrestling like they don't mesh well together in a way because uh, Gadella's not fleet footed at all uh, she, she could do it for like a few minutes but like when it comes down to it she is there to plant her feet and like march forward not at the same pace as Andrade but uh, at, at like a decent clip and she, if you wrestle with her, she's going to wrestle back. All right. Uh, that's that's just something up in her game where like it doesn't matter how well she's doing on the feet, like she just feels the most comfortable wrestling, even when she's losing. And that's pretty much what cost her here. Like she, I that and the fact I don't think she could do what she did in the, like the first three minutes of the first round. I don't think she was going to be able to do that the entire fight, even if Andrade. Um, didn't switch up and go for the takedowns early in the second and at the end of the first. Um, so, uh, like she, she's just too prone to slowing down. And with the with the pressure that Andrade brings, I just can't imagine it would have it, the pressure and the body punching. Because she did quite a bit of that here, like where she was just going downstairs. Especially once, like, uh, especially once, um, in, in the second, third round, more in the in the first. But even when she got on top, she was throwing to the body, like on the ground. So, and she hits like, like incredibly hard. Like, no, yeah, no, she she's a brick thrower. <laughs> yeah, there no there no pity pet. Uh... No, no pity pat punches going on. Like she's she's aiming the kill, which is crazy yeah. that she never gets tired because she throws so hard. It's yeah, it's 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 crazy to watch. It's I think it's pretty telling that she was up two weight classes, and was still like, in most fights, the stronger girl. She just couldn't keep up the pace because the other girls were so big. Like she did this against Raquel Pennington. The, uh, I think the only woman she was, she didn't wasn't able to out wrestle to or uh, like to a certain extent was like Liz Carmouche at, at when she was fighting at bantamweight. So I guess I'm wondering. So clock uh, Gadelia takes this this L, but we got <clears throat> Joanna, um, obviously about to fight Doug Rose. I forgot when that fight is happening but 217 yeah so that's that's not too far in the future so does she just get next crack at a title shot or do we throw her somebody else in the meantime because i'm i don't know i'm looking at these rankings i'd love to see her fight somebody else first um this is still the same this is still the same on that um that lost to Joanna. Yeah. Like, um, 
Definitely not Cavillo, because I think Cavillo is like a special. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, and yeah, probably not Cavillo. She's probably still. I don't, don't want to see her career get uh, <laughs> let's say killed, but side by yeah, yeah, yeah um, you don't want that. Uh, I'd I'd love to see her fight like someone like Carla Esparza, uh, Sally Felice Herrig. Um. Well, I, I think Felice Her uh, no Felice Herrig's probably gonna stay at one fifteen. Um. There are fights out there for her, uh, like as far as I Harry, especially I'd like to see. Um, I'm not sure. Has Waterson fought since she got beat by um? I don't think so. Yeah, it's probably not Waterson. Yeah. Um, oh, Tisha Torres, still hanging around the top five. I like the I like the Torres or the the Herrick fight. Cause Herrick Herrick's been on a roll as of late. Uh, so. Yeah, and Carolina Kovalkovich is about to fight again, right? Like she's going to be on the polling card, I think. Let's see. Uh, I know they wanted her on it. I'm not sure if she's on it on it, but if she ends up on it and she wins that fight, I'd love to see her fight um, Andrade. I think she'd get absolutely, you know, shit kicked. But oh yeah, she's fighting uh fighting uh Jody Escobar next month. All right, okay. If she wins that fight, I'd like to see Andrade fight again. Like, I think the UFC kind of hopes that Joanna moves up and faces the winner of um, the Tough 26, I think it is, where they crown the champion. Yeah. I think that's what they want, but I think Joanna wants to break uh, Ronda Rousey's record for title defenses, and she's only, like, what, two away, one away? And, I mean, con conceivably, that could definitely happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no reason she can't break that record. I mean, it's right in front of her. She's at five. Uh, Thug Rose is probably going to be six. That tie it, and she wants to break it in early 2018. I I, I don't see a reason why it can't be. Um, I, I think they they want they might want to hold off on Andrade, Yoana, and Jacek, because I, um, I I think they really want to put a belt on Andrade. Because imagine her. Headlining Fox cards, where she gets five rounds to do what she did to Cadella. Right, just out here destroying, <laughs> just bloodbathing people. Yeah. So, uh, uh, um, yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know that they'll do that though, because I really think the UFC kind of short sighted, and they're like, oh my gosh, you got this big win. Against uh, 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 Gadella, and we're just gonna throw we're gonna throw them at each other right away. Huh. Well, we'll see. She's definitely got fights ahead of her. Um, I mean, for Gadella, you know, definitely a, a, a tough loss. I, I feel like this probably knocks her back from another title shot for a while. But time to move up to one twenty five. I think the weight cut's just freaking murdering her. Yeah. Because, like I said, she has all the tools to beat Andrade. She just doesn't have the gas tank to do it. That and uh, just somebody that physically imposing. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's only, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure 
Once like, you, you don't want to you, you don't want to fight somebody like that on like at like 60-70% because of a weight cut, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're like I'm I'm pretty sure when they had like grappling exchanges, she probably never felt that strength, like that kind of strength in her life before. Like that it just looked like some next level. It's like she was fighting a superhero. Oh my god, like dude, before like David Bix's fan of uh wrestling observer made this point. Um before that fight, we thought Goodell was the strongest uh, wrestler, like the strongest fighter and the best wrestler slash grappler in the division. Yeah, that uh, that crown might have just gotten. <laughs> yeah, no, it, no, it's definitely been passed off. <laughs> it was forcefully taken, but yeah, man, that that was a great, great performance from Andrade. Like that was. I was a manhandling best, if I've ever seen one. Best performance of the weekend. Yeah. That was, except maybe Paul Daly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll definitely get to that. But, yeah, shout-outs to Andrade, man. Awesome fight. Really great performance. Um, when are the better UFC fights of the year? Definitely. Like, UFC hasn't had, like, a ton of, like, really great fights. They've had, like, great performances, but not a lot of great fights. And I think this is probably creeps into the top five it's it's up there and like it's definitely in terms of like performances like this was one of those like oh snap like <laughs> it, it was one of those moments but yeah that, that was an, an awesome awesome fight oh lord this next fight don't even really want to segue into but <laughs> can, can we talk instead of talking about the fight can we talk about maestro dumb young kim's um Amazing hair. Sure. <laughs> Let me bring up his um. Oh man, he has the. I even describe this. The flowing. <laughs> the flow and the volume. Just ace. It's like a. It's it's like a bowl cut, but it's like. It's like an advanced bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how else to describe it, but um, yeah, no, Don Hyun Kim, not to be confused with uh, Stun Gun, uh, fought Takanori Gomi. Um, if you guys remember, uh, him and Marco Polo Reyes, that was earlier this year, right? Um, was that last maybe? year? Maybe. All the years meshed together after a while. Um, I feel like that was. I want to say that was this year. Oh no, no, no! I lied. I lied. I that was last that year. Was last year. Either way, that was one of the fights of the year last year. So, um, yeah, he's on a, well, now he's on a two-fight win streak. But uh, he fought Takanori Gomi in a fight that I just wish wouldn't even have happened. But we're here. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's not a lot, really, to say in this fight. Uh, Kim did knocked out Gomi in top of the round. Um, the ref was really, like, on it. Too like once he was down, he landed like two or three punches. Like yeah, no, go me, you're done. Yeah, you're done. yeah, they they kind of rushed him one out of there. And I mean, maybe he could have went more, but I'm honestly not mad at the stoppage. It's just at this point in Gomi's career, I just I don't want to see this anymore. Like 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 real talk. Why did why haven't they booked Gomi Pen too? I mean. Well, I guess it's too late now because it did, did, I think he said this was his last fight, right? Did I thought he? I'm, I thought he said it. I mean, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. 
So that that boat, yeah, they they probably should have put that fight a while ago. But I guess that boat probably is long gone and sailed. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it, Gomi has had a a rough last uh, like three to four years, <laughs> really, if you think about it. Remember that time before Miles Jury knocked him out where he was just like on a roll? He won like three in a row and we were like, oh my gosh, he's gotten those way back. Yeah. Uh, no, it was the, uh, he beat uh, Mitsuoka, he beat Mac, Mac Danzig, and he beat Isaac Valley Flag, but he lost to Diego Sanchez in a robbery, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, he had that little stretch. That was from 2012 to 2014 where it kind of looked like, I mean, not like, I don't know, he was going to, you know, go for like a title, but. Like, he, he was looking pretty good. He was looking pretty solid, but, yeah, man, he he got, well, I think it was a straight right that took him out, and then ground and pound, and then that was pretty much all she wrote. Um, I mean, good good highlight reel for Dunhunk Kim, uh, a good vet name to have on your, your resume, you, you take out a legend, but, yeah, I don't know, this, this fight just kind of hurt my feelings, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I want to know what the point of this fight was. Because, like, I, I, I love watching Kim fight. He's always fun. Dude ain't a future contender. Like, he is lightweight action fighter for life. And there was no way Gomi was going to win this fight. Like, like zero chance. Like, Gomi was going like, as close to zero chance as you can give a guy like Gomi, basically, to winning this fight. And they were like, you know what, we're going to take this fight to the Saitama Super Arena. And we're going to let Gomi die in front of his own audience. Right. And that and that will create a buzz for Kim? Probably not. <laughs> like, they're, they're better off, like, signing some no-name, like, Korean prospect. Right. and let Gomi flatline him. Or try to flatline him. Or... or, or or letting that kid build his name Gomi, off of Gomi yeah. and like try yeah, like the other way around. Like if that if that was their goal. Like I, I, I don't get This almost feels like a wrestling move. Like like have the home guy lose to to like the, the foreigner in front of his home country just so he can get some heat. I don't know. I feel like they didn't even really care. Like they just you know how it is when they, you do you do a card in you know whatever foreign country and you just you, you get all of their fighters and if they got some highly recognizable name it's like all right we're just gonna throw them on the card and I don't know I feel like since he's thirty nine years old they they probably honestly didn't even care it's like he he's a name we we know the the Japanese crowd will come out and support him you know he's he's still got a lot of fans out there so uh yeah I don't I don't know though like yeah this fight didn't now, I feel like it doesn't, I mean, I guess for Kim, like I said, you, you get a, a good name on your resume. You Everybody wants, like, that one veteran win. So I, I guess you get that. But, yeah, like, he's not going to skyrocket <laughs> to, like, the top 15. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this fight was. It, it Sad. Yeah. It was it sad. Was but Now we're all sad. Oh, uh, yeah, for for what it's worth, shout-outs to Maestro, Don Hun Kim, and his hair out here getting wins. So, it, it is what it is. Uh, this next fight, though, this this made me happy. I was, I was, I was, I've I rewatched this fight a lot of times. 
Um, Gokan Saki makes his UFC debut uh, against Enrique De Silva. Um, Saki, who was 0-1 <laughs> in MMA, but that was I think his loss was back in like 2004 or something. Uh, Dirt, like back when he was like 20. Yeah. And they said during the broadcast that when he took that fight, he didn't know what MMA was. Like, he just took the fight, and they had to explain him the rules before it happened. Like, he didn't even really know what he was getting into. So, but uh, if you don't know Saki's background, man, this dude is one of the nastiest kickboxers I've ever seen, man. This guy, this guy is an animal. Like, I I think in, like, kickboxing, like, in Glory and all the other times, I just like watching him fight because it seemed like, he was fighting people that were so much bigger than him, but it didn't matter. <laughs> he, he's just so skilled as a striker. Like, the dude is insanely fast, just really accurate, crazy powerful. And I was hoping that translated over to MMA. And, and, and in some ways it did. He, he left with a nice, uh, a <laughs> nice, a nice KO. Uh, nice, nice highlight reel for your your first uh, well not your first MMA fight, but your first fight in the UFC. Um, but I mean, shout outs to Henrique though, like against a kick, the man ate. Yeah, <laughs> he ate some shots, and not only did he eat some shots, like he there were points in the fight where he was the one pushing forward, like mm-hmm. against somebody who is leagues better than him when it comes to striking and. Like, straight out the gate, man, Saki was catching this dude with just right hands, leg kicks. He dropped him with, I think, a straight left within, like, the first minute of the fight. And, yeah, Saki was just teeing off (laughs) on Enrique. And props to Saki, who, uh, when Enrique would, like, go for clinches and takedowns, like, Saki was getting underhooked, so he never got put on his back. He even, like, reversed Enrique one time and, like, got him on the ground for, like, a brief moment. Um, Enrique did have moments, though. He landed some good knees in the clinch. And, yeah, he had them. Yeah. Right. And that was actually the point. And literally, if you watch the fight, like, right on that, I think it was, like, there was a minute and 30 seconds left. And it was right when Enrique landed, like, his third knee and that, like, little scrap that they had. Right at that third knee, you can just kind of look at Saki's face, and he's like, "Oh snap!" Like he 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 looked a little winded. He was probably hurt from the knees and definitely winded. And then you could kind of see like he was he still had some sting in his shots, but he just looked like he wasn't he wasn't all the way there. And then and yeah, Enrique got him up against the fence. He landed some really good um some really good knees, and I think he landed the elbow too. And then oh, he landed like three or four of them, like just unanswered, and, so, yeah. and like Saki had no idea what to yeah. do, <laughs> which is which is weird because he's he's a guy who, well, like he became famous through kickboxing, but like the beginning of his career was basically all um was was Muay Thai. Yeah, those uh like I I'm not sure how high level like the heavyweight. European scene is when it comes to Muay Thai, but like he was like that's where he's got to start. Oh, I guess also to his um. No, I guess not to make excuse, but I didn't know he like he's been on like a two year layoff. So yeah, you know, bring Russ. It's probably. I asked the guy. It's probably to his benefit. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, because like one of the things is with like guys making their 
crossover from kickboxing, and especially with Saki, who's 33, um, the wear and tear. Like, there's wear and tear from wrestling, but, like, most of the guys who make the transition over don't have degenerative brain damage, like, holding them back. Like, their, their, their chins are pretty much still intact. Like, they're... Most of their pain is all like joints right. and muscles. Like Saki's been knocked out how many times? And he's been in. He's been like torn apart how many times? He's been in how many wars already? Yeah. So he's got mileage. There is some. <laughs> yeah, and again, like you said, there's a dude who fought up a weight class. Like he looks small here against a two hundred fiver. Like he was fighting guys like. Rico Verhoeven, who are close to like seven feet tall. What <laughs> Daniel Gita, who's like, <laughs> oh, who might actually be seven right? Feet like tall. Gita is like a mountain of a person, and yeah, and he, and he was beating, like he was beating and or being competitive with those guys. So like, it's good, it's good to see him win here. Um, just some main, uh, just some like differences, like from K one and uh, Glory. To transferring to MMA, I, and it was pretty glaring here actually. Um, Saki's used to fighting like three minute yeah. rounds. Yeah. Um, it, it really showed because like at the three minute mark, he he looked pretty tired. Uh, he I I, I think moving uh moving he's probably gonna have to like slow it down on the output, but like early on, he was really unleashing into yeah. the silver like every counter. Opportunity the Silva was giving him, he was taking. Um, he was doing a really good job of like slipping and uh, like backpedaling, not backpedaling, uh, sidestepping, um, pivoting to like get to angles where he could land counters. And he took every single one of them. And by the three minute mark, while the Silva was still there, excuse me, um, while the Silva was still there, um, he was just starting to get, he was starting to slow down. And that's gonna be dangerous, especially when it's against the bigger dudes in the division, who will press into him more, yeah. who will try to wrestle him more. And don't get me wrong, he showed some excellent, excellent, excellent wrestling defense here. Um, but if the Silva's able to tire him out, that that, that I want to say it's not a good sign. Like you said, this is this is basically his first MMA fight ever. Uh, like we could talk about like the fight from like 2004, but like, like you said, he doesn't know. He, he didn't know what he was getting into. Um, but, like those are things he can work on. But he's also 33, and I'm not sure how much he can fix. And yeah, I, I think he's going to end up having to adopt a more like Anderson Silva type game, Anderson Silva type game where he's like, he has to fight, he has to be the counter puncher like all the yeah. time. Or maybe just because another another thing I noticed that he does, and I mean I get why he does it because he can knock anybody out, but like he throws a hundred percent like all the time. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if, if you're getting in three round fights, you might and with MMA time, like you you might need to slow that down. Like maybe take like I don't know, like the Nate Diaz approach where a couple. Well, that's yeah. real. It's a really um a product of like Dutch kickboxing. Like they throw a hundred percent into their yeah. shots, and they always finish with leg kicks. Cause it's like, you maybe I don't say pity pat some shots, but maybe throw a few shots, sixty percent, seventy percent, and then unload maybe on your last one. But yeah, you can't do the hundred percent the entire time. If, if cause I mean, 
had that counter <laughs> had this KO not happened, which actually reminded me a lot of um that Lima Koroskov KO. I feel like it was kind of the same situation where he's backed against the cage. Lima, oh yeah, Lima Koroskov and um Pitbull yeah, Weichel. Like when they're even with their back against the cage, you're still not safe. <laughs> like he he throws the right and the left, and then your 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 back is on the ground, and you're looking up wondering what just happened. But yeah, like if he fought, had he fought somebody who could have made it out of that first round, this fight might not have <laughs> might not have went this way. But to his credit, KO gets a nice KO, uh, nice little post fight celebration, kicking the mouthpiece. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, uh, big. Uh, you know, no, uh, I I want I want to say during the broadcast they mentioned that he was training with a uh, Taha Akgul, um, a Turkish Olympic gold medalist, like world champion wrestler. Um, he lost like this year, but like Akgul is like if I had a list of guys who I want to see do MMA across any combat sport, Agul, uh, he's like number one. If you ever seen this man, he he is. A physical specimen, one hell of a wrestler. Uh, I want to say like uh, he's only like twenty six or something, but like at his first world championship win, he ran through the entire bracket and ten zeroed them all. <laughs> yeah, like th- this man is physically just miles ahead of like the average heavyweight. And if the UFC ever got the chance, I like throw a quarter million dollars at him and say, come fight for us. Please do. But, um, no, I, I thought that was pretty good to hear that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Saki was working with um, the Turkish team, the Turkish national uh, wrestling team, to, like, get his wrestling yeah, together. Yeah, he, he looked prepared. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, dude, um, no, yeah, like, no, this is as good as a guy who's making transition over for kickboxing to MMA and only having so much time working on his wrestling as ever will ever look. And he looked yeah. damn good. So. We'll, we'll see. He's, you know, long road ahead, <laughs> but... I mean, not a very long well, road. Yeah, I guess that's real. five, not... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, let's look at the last guy who beat. Frank Wayson Jr. <laughs> Who was the last fight? Who was it? Uh, uh, it was Ian Kuzalaba. Ian Kuzalaba. Who is now scheduled to fight uh, Antugalov. Uh, so, like, we, we, there's, there's not a lot, there's not a lot ahead of him. There, if I'm the UFC, I'm just bringing in dudes who will strike yeah, with so him, you can... for, like for, to to give highlight real chaos for yeah. like a year, and then eventually, you know, if his wrestling gets a bit better, maybe you feed him. Uh, not not a top ten, but I don't know. There, there'll be somebody out there, maybe that'll test him eventually down the line. But yeah, for now, yeah, just just let him strike with some people, let him flatline him. We can keep. Don't let don't let him fight like Glover to Right. <laughs> don't. Don't get his career ended before it, it even kicks off. But, yeah, man, solid, really, really, really great performance, man. I'm really happy to see him in the UFC, and I'm ho- hoping he does well, man. He's always been. I've been rooting for this guy for a long time, so definitely, definitely happy to see him over here. 
Um, this next fight, which is weird, I've rewatched this fight like one and a half time, and somehow I still don't remember it much. <laughs> but, um, oh no, 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 no! I do remember this fight because this is the this is the crowd moment that I wanted to mention. Uh, Teruto Ishihara and Rolando D. Um, pretty good, entertaining, high pace. Uh, a lot of striking. I think Teruto dropped him within like a minute. Like as soon as this fight started, I think he caught him with a straight left. Um, yeah, he he pretty much really Teruto dominated that first round. Uh, pretty much after the the straight left, he he pretty much took control from there. Um, I think Rolando started to open up more in the second, but I just feel like his volume wasn't wasn't there. I mean, he did land some good shots, but kind of like the <laughs> Canelo fight where it's like you land good shots but your moments are just kind of few far in between so I don't know if I'm really gonna gonna give you a round but he might have stole the second well, I can't remember yeah he did, I think he I gave him the second, second but he, he, uh, uh, he lost the third no uh well two of the judges gave him the third it was a 9-9 round because the fuck the repeated oh, yeah, 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 the balls yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was the the crowd moment. So like you always hear during uh any time they have uh, fights in Japan, like you always hear the comment like the crowd is just really quiet, and it's very true. Like if you listen to these fights, especially I noticed it in the um in the Andrade fight, you can hear the cornermen like very clear <laughs> because the crowd is so quiet. Like you can hear a pin drop in that stadium. But my God, if a nut shot happens, these people lose it. Like. <laughs> And I get it. In the Ishihara fight, he ate was it two or three? Yeah, he ate three. And like I think. they like really yeah. bad. Like the last one was really bad. Like I, I didn't think he was gonna continue. Like that that third one looked like he might have just just could have stopped, and I wouldn't even have been mad because they were some vicious, <laughs> some some vicious nut shots, man. But um, yeah, and the crowd just seemed to go wild every time he got. <laughs> he caught one of the family jewels, but um, I wish I had more. I just can't really remember this fight much, but um, I just remember just pretty, pretty entertaining performance for him. Not anything too wild, but like I remember he dropped him in the first and off a spinning back elbow attempt by um by D. Like D with like a spinning back like a forearm or something, and Ishihara. Um, jumped back into distance after uh, he jumped out, jumped back in as he was turning around and clocked him with like a left yeah. hand or something, which I found funny <laughs> as shit. So, but, um, uh, no, no, uh, D, yeah, like D cost himself the fight basically, or or at least a draw. Like there, there were moments where he was clipping Ishihara, and it, it was pretty clear Ishihara was hurt or stunned or rocked or whatever you want to call it. But he couldn't capitalize on it because, like, like you said, he doesn't throw. He he's not like a he's a two three punch thrower. He's not like a five six punch guy, which you kind of have to be at these weights if you don't have one, like one punch t- uh, like one touch power. Uh, so he he really did just give up the fight by like. The like the the repeated groin kicks. Yeah. Don't uh. I forgot. Did he end up getting a point taken? Okay. Yeah. That's that's yeah. why it was a nine nine round. But good good solid fight from both. Just yeah one one too many kicks to the groin. 
not not doing yourself any favors, but uh, solid performance from Ishihara. He seems always pretty pretty fun to watch, and yeah, like D D would could be better if he just put his foot on the gas just just a bit more, like because his, his striking is pretty good. It's just uh, that's the thing with a lot of these like Filipino like MMA fighters. They're they're re- they're really athletic and they throw like a really fast two punch combo, but like they they they're so few and far between. And they give up so like the, they'll circle around. They like there's not a whole lot of like actual preference for where they fight. Like, they just kind of fight where the opponent lets them fight, and they fight for these explosive moments. But yeah, but good, good, uh, good, solid fight uh, from from both men. And uh, shout out for Taruto for getting that W. Um, the last fight on the main card uh, that we will mention. Is Husie Formiga and Yuta Sasaki? Um, it was weird seeing the size difference. <laughs> Sasaki's like, I think he has like five inches on him. Sasaki's like five ten. <laughs> five eleven. Yeah, weird. something like that. five ten and somehow weighs one hundred and twenty five pounds. However that works. But um, <laughs> you have yeah, you have skinny right. bones. <laughs> really skinny but, bones. Um, he, he, I thought his striking actually looked pretty good. And I think they mentioned during the broadcast that um, um, I think Sasaki's out in New York trainings. Uh, I can't remember what gym, but he's training like his Muay Thai out in New York. And yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, no. Um, God, I, I feel like I heard, I heard the name. I know the name, but I can't remember. But yeah, uh, he's in he, New York. I mean, he looked pretty, pretty solid on the feet. Cause a lot of this match was them kind of engaging striking, and it was just weird to see the size and like reach <laughs> discrepancies but um yeah i mean sasaki looked pretty solid on the feet they both landed some some pretty solid shots but uh once formiga took him down which is also weird to see just sasaki just seems so much bigger but man formiga just kind of powered him <laughs> to the ground and once it got there it was it was kind of over it's weird every time i watch formiga fight and like i said it's pretty nasty rear naked choke he got in like he he got that in really tight when it was in but he's just another guy that like he's been top five <laughs> forever but he's still never he was the he was the number one uh flyway on the planet before the ufc even considered bringing right. in the flyway division like he lost the title to he lost the tachi palace um not the title like he was the number one guy that he lost like Ian McCall or something like that. Itachi Palace. Never gotten a title shot. But he's all he's literally been in the top five since he's been in the UFC. Well, every time he gets close to one, like he loses and then the guy <laughs> right. gets a title shot. <laughs> so yep, he lost the split decision to Cejudo. Cejudo <laughs> goes on to beat Ortiz. I mean no, so, yeah, I think Cejudo can't remember if he got a title shot after that. But he yeah. He gets he a title he shot did. and then <laughs> he loses to Ray Borg. Ray Borg, well, he hasn't fought for the title shot yet because of injury, so on and so forth. But he, he's now Borg is slated to get that shot. So, yeah, man. I mean, like at 32 years old, it kind of sucks. It's like your window is. I mean, I can't really say it's closing, but it just kind of sucks. You just feel like you have these series of unfortunate events where <laughs> you just you seem to somehow get left out of the loop. But. I mean, it's not like he hasn't had his opportunities, but at the same time, you kind of hope, like almost hope he gets it, like wish he gets it, just rather like kind of pity. But 
yeah, you've been around like, so long. Throw him in there to see what happens. <laughs> just, but good, good win from him. Great, great grappling from him as as always. Like I said, once the fight went to the ground, it was pretty, pretty clear cut uh, for from there. So one of the very best back takers in MMA. Yeah, and once he he got like, it in, like there was no. Like that was it. <laughs> like that that was just it. And man, he got that, that chokehold in just really, really, really tight. And I think even now after that he's still let's pull up these rankings. Yeah, he's sitting he's sitting right at number five. He's got Hayes behind him and Pettis in front of him. So I don't know. would love to see him fight Ben Win. Might as well. Might as well throw them them out there since uh Borg is is getting the shot now, but we'll we'll see. He's he's always in the top five. Who knows? Maybe one day he'll get a title shot. <laughs> but uh, great great performance nonetheless. Great grappling. Um, I guess these prelims I cannot speak on because I did not watch any of them. So um, I don't know if you watched a few. I guess you can give your thoughts on a few. But yeah, I don't have any. Uh, have no input <laughs> on any of these fights. Um, Abe, probably the biggest fine, uh, not only say fine, but like he, he probably has like the most stock after that, after prelims. Like I didn't see Anzai versus, um, Luke Jumier or Jumier or however you pronounce his name. Um, I only saw the last round of Kondo, me, Gian, and I saw Nakamura, um, beat Morano in a not so great, but. Nakamura is a veteran, and he's more experienced than Morona, so he edged him out. Um, but Abe versus Hyung, uh, Hyung, Hyung Lim, that was actually a really good fight. Um, Abe is surprisingly adept for a guy with only six fights on his record. Like, this was his sixth fight. It's, uh, it was, uh, but, and he's only been fighting for like a year. Like a little over a year, he started his career in or is it like 2016, and he's been fight like outside of his first fight, he's been fighting nothing, nobody but guys with like 20 fights on the record. Like you want to talk about Aaron Pico, like Yuta Nakamura was 16, 22, and three. Kenta Taga- uh, Takagi was 15, 12. Um, here, uh, the, his last fight before he got to the UFC, uh, Hiromitsu uh, Miura. Was twelve and six, and here he fought Hyung uh, Lim, who was thirteen six and one. Like guys with like four or five times as, many, as much fight experience as he does. Um, and he's he's beat them out. He, he hits hella hard. He's a great counter puncher when he remembers to counter. But his problem is he does he doesn't really do much on uh, he doesn't um he doesn't he doesn't uh, he's not aggressive. So, uh. And if he doesn't knock you down, he's probably not scoring round like scoring points. So um, he's a guy to watch for. Like I hope he develops well. I hope they take him slow because like he's he's real he's really good. Oh, I've hung you limbs to that welterweight. <laughs> yeah, because he can make the weight, and Korea seems to have a thing for weight cutting. <laughs> What's this guy at one seventy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This <laughs> that's another discussion but uh maybe i'll go back and check some of these out but uh i mean overall from from what i saw top to bottom pretty pretty solid card uh 
main event was still kind of weird to watch, but it ended pretty awesome, so I guess that was cool. And then we got Andrade with... Can you imagine Can you imagine if that had been Shogun and, like, OSP had just knocked him out <laughs> like he did last time? How depressing would that have been? To be honest, at this point in Shogun's career, him getting knocked out, this, I've gotten to the point where it doesn't phase me when he loses. I'm just like, it's... And it's, and it's hilarious because he's on the longest winning streak he's had since, like, Pride <laughs> ended. I don't know. I just... I love Shogun, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But... I mean, he's he's top five dead or alive, so... <laughs> what, what do I know? He, he might end up somehow getting a title shot before his career is over. Which would be the strangest thing ever, but... Hey, he's on a three-fight win streak. Somehow, if that rematch with OSP happens and he wins, uh, who knows? Who knows? Sports wild, so. But, nevertheless, awesome finish by OSP. Performance of the night easily by Andrade. And, you know, Saki came. It, it, was, a, it was a nice, it was a, it was a Japan card. It, it was entertaining. In a way that only yeah. Japan yeah. <laughs> can be entertaining. It really, su- it really sucks how Naoki Inoue was supposed to fight in this card, but he, like, he yeah. injured his yeah. knee. Like a month ago, and it sucks because he he was awesome in his first UFC fight. Yeah, another young guy who, yeah, definitely worth worth keeping an eye on. But bright side, Mizuka Unoe says she'd be back soon. So hey, there we go. Yeah, at least right. one of them's gonna be around for in a bit. But solid card uh, for for UFC Fight Night Japan. So if you guys didn't uh, didn't get a chance to see it, uh, if you just want some cliff notes. I mean, Sure Dog has a lot of the finishes on their front page, so you can see the Von Fu choke. You can see Saki's KO. Uh, you can watch Gomi. Yeah, but <laughs> like you, for the most part, you can get by watching this card on like highlights. If you had to watch one fight from the card, go watch the uh, the Andrade yeah, Gadella every, fight. Everything else, you can just kind of get get cliff notes on. But uh, solid solid card nonetheless. And um, I guess we'll move on to Bellator 183. Um, another pretty good card, man. Like, the Bellator put together a pretty pretty solid card. Uh, some pretty nasty <laughs> K.O. of the year candidate, which we'll get to. Um, but... Got yeah, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll start from the top, regrettably. Lord. Um... <laughs> Patricky Pitbull, Benson Henderson. Um, so time for me to be up front. I only saw the first two rounds of this fight because you I didn't. fell asleep. You didn't. The, you second. Did, um, the first two rounds was pretty much this fight in a, <laughs> in a nutshell. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, well, I was really interested in this fight. I thought this was a, a interesting matchup to see if Patricky could catch Bendo and somehow knock him out, or at least you know rock him, or if Bendo would you know be able to maybe to just play the outside or maybe work his wrestling, which he tried to do, but couldn't really get any takedowns. He worked the clinch. I didn't. I don't know. This fight was just wasn't. Patricky landed probably the harder shots. Bendo, I, I will say, I guess, for Bendo that I did like, um, I think at least compared to uh, 
these other Bellator uh, fights, he he's been, he he looked a bit more active, or at least a bit more willing to press the action, but just not really landing anything, like I guess worth of significance. I mean, he he did land some really good body kicks, that definitely had some some thud uh, with him, but just not wasn't a whole lot to write home about <laughs> with this fight. To be honest, it just. And uh, um, Benson is always like we like we all know Benson's always been this dude who struggles with meaningful offense. I guess is about the nicest way to phrase it. Oh, one second. Ah, there we are. Um, yeah, he, he struggles with meaningful offense. He struggles hurting guys. He does. He he basically does like just enough to keep guys from just getting overly aggressive with him. But ever since the core uh, the the Korshkov fight, like it's, it's been, his activity has been turned down to basically nothing. Like the the Korshkov fight was understandable. He he got his ass kicked from bell to bell by a dude who was like <laughs> dude by a dude. By a dude who was significantly bigger and a better yeah. striker than him, um, the pitbull, the the first the Patricio Pitbull fight, um, he, he was on his way to losing the fight basically. Before, um, uh, uh, what uh, Pitbull like, broke his pitbull, leg, I think. He, he broke his yeah. leg or his like ankle or something like that. Like yeah, and he was forced out of the fight, and you know Benson won, and they got him a title shot, in which. One of the judges scored it for him. I don't know how, but Michael Chandler essentially beat his ass for four rounds, and then lost, uh, and then lost the fifth. But here, like it, it, it's like it, but like you said, ben, Benson was aggressive, but like he didn't yeah. do anything, which is a, which also almost sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah. Uh. Like he couldn't get the wrestling working. His striking was as chaotic and uh, like dysfunctional as I, ever. I almost want to just like go back and watch him from like like 2013 up until now, just to see like what was what's what's been the fall off. Like what 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 happened? Like <laughs> this is a dude who two years ago beat the current number four welterweight. Like. In Jorge Masvidal, and I and I know a lot of people thought Masvidal won that fight. I had it for Benson. Like, yeah, unless the Korshkov beat the Korshkov beat something out of him, I'm not sure like, what happened. And if you look at his work body work overall, like he, he's one of the greatest lightweights like ever. Like this this dude at one point was just he was that guy, but it's just like yeah. something. Yeah, like you mentioned the the Masvidal fight. I'd also say, well, that fight wasn't much to write home about, but the Cerrone fight that he lost, that I thought he won, even though that fight kind of didn't have a lot. But like he's beaten the best of the best, and it's just like it's weird to watch him fight now because like you just don't know. It's just, it's just like it's not the same guy. It's just it's something. It's just something not there. <laughs> I, just, I don't know what it is, but. I mean, I guess shout outs to Patricky though. Nothing to not to take away from him. Like I said, he 
he definitely landed probably the, the harder shots. He wasn't as active either as I would probably would have liked him to be, but in in the moments that he did have, his shots were a lot more significant. And like it's worth it's worth noting too. Um, Benson fought twenty sixteen with like a leg injury or something, which is why we haven't seen him this year yeah. as much. And he, he yeah, he did say like but, this is the first like the healthiest he's felt in in a while. Yeah, I mean, I guess, though, for Patricky, I mean, KO's Josh Thompson gets this win, obviously, over Bendo. I mean, you got to think he can't be too far either from a fight with Primus or I I don't know if they're just going to do the chance match or. But he's basically right up there now. Like he's pretty much up in that discussion of people that's pretty next pretty close next in line to a title shot so i th- i think bellator was really hanging on this car this fight for to decide who they're going to get premise next um uh, like if ben if benson won and he submitted patricky and looked like the benson oh, they were going to give him this out fight if pitbull came out here and just freaking decked benson in the first round they were probably going to give him the title fight Instead, it's probably gonna go with Michael Chandler. I mean, and I'm I'm not mad at that. And, and no, he does he deserves it, especially like the freaky way he lost the first fight. But I I think they thought in their heads, well, let's just put the brakes on that real quick and see if we can get one of these guys All to right. do something. And that's why they haven't rebooked that fight yet. But you know, Patricky, uh, did we did we mention that Patricky oh, won yeah. this fight? <laughs> yeah. He won. Yeah, he won a split decision. Um, yeah. Th- Another thing, uh, uh, Bendo. Yeah, these close like, fights. You, you want you, these close fights? Like, you're you're gonna end up losing them. So, like, if if this is the way you want to fight, like you saw in the cowboy fight, you you saw it in um, well, the Chandler fight was one hit, like one sided in my eyes, but like yeah. you know what I mean, like. If you're gonna play it this close to the close to your chest, like it's going to come yeah. back to bite you, and it's fine. It's starting to catch. It's caught up with you. Yeah. Basically, so it's, it's either I don't know something in the game plan's got to change, or yeah, man. Like I, I mean, it, it would be awesome if somehow he could get a title. Because like I said, he he would have if he were to uh, somehow capture gold in Bellator, he would be the first fighter to ever have gold in WEC, UFC, and Bellator. Which, you know, I feel like that would be a, a pretty amazing accomplishment. But, yeah, it's like at this point, man, if, if you don't change, if something doesn't change, it, it it might not happen. And that really, really hurts my heart <laughs> to say. But I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Ben, ben... Uh, this, this this reminds me. Between this fight and the... um. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, text from my mom. Uh, if if um between this fight and the uh, the Larkin fight, how many dudes do well in both the UFC and Bellator? I don't know, man. I, I feel I feel like within the last year, like I think Bellator has done a good job of making their most of them look. Well, Rory came over and does what Rory does, but like these UFC guys are coming over and they're not getting like easy wins, like. So, like, three guys have come from the UFC to Bellator to win titles. Um, 
Phil Davis. Well, his was his was a given. But <laughs> his, his was his was a robbery because King Mo beat him. Let's start there. I honestly don't remember much. K- or, yeah. K- yeah, King Mo beat him. Should have beat him. They gave the decision to Davis. Um. So Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, and who am I forgetting? Um. Did somebody else come over? Or am I just like, or did I just have like a complete, complete melt, champ, like mental uh, lapse? Oh uh, well, <laughs> Musashi's gonna be champ at one eighty-five. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's gonna happen. But okay, so it's, it's two two guys have come over from the UFC to win um, belts in Bellator, and it's only uh, the uh, Bellator has got one guy go to UFC to have uh, uh, who's won the title, and it was Eddie Alvarez. Um, but Vulcan Ozdemir was in Bellator, went one and one, went away for a couple of years, went to the UFC, went three and zero, and is now a top four or five um, like heavyweight. Like, I'm curious, what's the ratio of guys who've done well in both organizations? And but I guess we have to quantify what me, what does well means because Hector Lombard was technically a top five welterweight for like yeah. a good minute. I mean. I think Lombard did decent. It's just that, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I, I think expectations yeah, for him were a little high. He, he a little did, high. he did well, but yeah, that, yeah, people expected a lot out of him, and I don't think he ever lived up to the hype that was placed on him. But I mean, relatively speaking, I think he did. He did decent. Like he, he I feel. I feel like we need to. Um, we need to go. There needs to be some like research yeah. into this. Like guys who've gone over and done well in the other organization, but we have to have like a quantifier. Like if you, if we're not talking about um, like what era Bellator fighters, because like Lyman Goods in the UFC, and he's like one and one, I believe two and one, I one and one. Over. <laughs> yeah. Also, Uriah Hall fought for Bellator a long ass time ago. Um, but like I wouldn't call him a Bellator fighter, so uh, we we we'd have to be putting some um asterisks next to this. But there needs to be a study done. Like I, I wouldn't consider Hoist right. Gracie. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? So so there needs to be some study done is my point. I think though Bellator's at least with their top dudes though. Like I think a lot of their top guys have done good, <clears throat> at least in like the lower weight classes, of, of proving themselves that they're they're like legit top ten, top fifteen. Oh yeah, well, I mean Patricky has just beat Josh Thompson and Benson Henderson. Um, what's freaking what's his name? Oh, I just remembered something. When is Michael McDonald going to fight? For I, have no, <laughs> I have no idea. And it sucks because that division, like, it, there's some good fights for him down there. And, yeah, I don't know when his, um... There are seven other men in the Bellator bantamweight division. Seven. They're really... T- there are more women's <laughs> featherweights on the roster. Oh, man. But I, I'll say in those like, seven, like... And those, uh, oh, no, those yeah, I was say he, he, like, yeah, they're they're good quality. quality. It's just not not a whole. It's not like there aren't dudes out there that Bellator could sign. 
Like, Ian Loveland is still out there. Nick Pace is still out there. Uh, like, there are some quality Bantamweights just floating around the regional scene who probably aren't going to get a call up to the UFC and need a home. We'll see. I'm trying to Google to see if, uh, yeah, he doesn't, um, does he even have a fight lined up? Nope. nope he does not. Uh, hopefully we'll see him, uh, hopefully we'll see him soon, though. He could probably go over there and crack a few heads, or he might get cracked. Either way, he'll, he'll go over there and put on some pretty entertaining, uh, entertaining scraps. But I guess, speaking of, uh, people from the UFC coming over, uh, Lorenz Larkin, <laughs> uh, finally gets his match with Paul Daly. Was definitely anticipating this fight. Um, I was, I was looking forward to the incoming violence. Um, it wasn't as violent as I thought it would be throughout, but boy, did it end <laughs> in, in very violent fashion. Um, I feel like even at Paul at this uh, stage in Paul Daly's career, like he's shown a few, I guess like new wrinkles. Like I feel like in this fight he threw a lot more leg kicks than I've ever seen him throw before. And I mean not yeah not no like Paul Paul Daly isn't too far removed from his biggest win, which isn't I mean not in MMA I mean in kickboxing, where he knocked out that Russian dude. Um, I'm, I'm gonna find his name real quick. Uh, here we go. Alexander, uh, where he knocked out Alexander um, Stetsarenko, like a a gory veteran, who was like a top ten ish, um, welterweight, middleweight, something like that. Like, he's a dude who won a Cunlin champion of uh, a uh, tournament in 2016. Like Paul Daly knocked mm-hmm. him out. For some strange reason, Paul Daly seems to be the, just a man outside of time. <laughs> right. At 34, he, he's still yeah, out here getting still, big wins. Still has the power, clearly, as we saw in this fight, <laughs> to, put, to put anybody out at a moment's notice. Um, I feel like the first half of this fight was a good like little feeling out process. They were both throwing a lot of leg kicks. But I gave Larkin the first because he did have um, – he definitely had the speed advantage. And in the first round, I think there were like it, there were two moments. Yeah, he hit the yeah, he hit the yeah, he, the he got moment. off like these two blitzes <laughs> that kind of pushed Daly back a little bit. So yeah, I, I gave him the first off of that. Second round though, we saw Daly like working clinch action a lot more really than we've ever seen. Really, both of them kind of like this match wasn't like as I'm gonna say it wasn't strike friendly, but. It, it, yeah, it just wasn't, like, as chaotic as I, I think people would like it to hope for. Like, it was a lot more clinch work, a lot more leg kicks. They were both being pretty measured, probably respectful of the other, you know, not wanting to get flatlined. But with that being said, um, <laughs> uh, so ending sequence, I can't remember if they were clinched at first. I'm trying to remember what happened, like, right before. But I know Daly threw the spinning back fist that, like, like kind of like slightly grazed Larkin and then he followed it with uh, a left hook and you could tell as soon as the left landed like equilibrium gone out the window like <laughs> Larkin looked like he got knocked into another planet and then I think he ate like another left and a right and then some ground and pound and what was yeah definitely contended for KO of the year like it it just it happened so fast and just out of nowhere. 
and he, yeah. Yeah, Larkin's uh, Bellator stint has not gone his way so far. <laughs> and yeah. Paul, no, right. no, 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 <laughs> Paul no. Daly in 2017 at, I think, 34 years old is a legit top 10 welterweight. Like, we forget that Larkin left the UFC on, what, was it like a four-fight win streak? I was it was like two or three. It was two. But it was over but, Masvidal and yeah. Magny. So. Yeah. And then before that, he lost uh, a close fight with uh, Tumanov. But, like, he had some really solid wins in the UFC, pretty much is what I'm trying to say. I mean, he also, he also he has a knockout win over Ponzinibbio. Right. Who's been on a tear. Yeah. So, so yeah. Like, um, you know what was a really smart move by Daly? Forcing like the takedown and clinch work, Be- not because like it, it it was something from uh to, for um Larkin to worry about, but it it forced them to close distance. Like if Larkin was going to win this fight, it was going to be by keeping Daly at kicking range, and just kind of pitter pattering him and like making him pay when Daly wanted to close distance. But by doing uh by closing distance by like going for the clinch or like shooting for a double leg or something like that, it, he eliminates a lot of Larkin's train reactions for uh, for for closing the distance. Like he's not countering uh, Daly's explosive like left hook. He he's trying to stop a takedown, and if uh, it forces the range closer for like a boxing match, which is where Daly was, where if Daly was going to win this fight, this that's yeah. how he's going to do it. And uh, he he won in very vicious <laughs> vicious fashion. And uh, I definitely enjoyed the post fight. Uh, he mentioned um, um, the two two top guys are pretty much tied up right now, and he called out MVP, which I think wasn't that fight was supposed to have happened, right? At some point, this, this was supposed to be that fight, if I'm if I remember right. But I don't remember if MVP pulled out, but like something happened in that fight, just didn't. If if it was anything, it was probably Paige yeah. getting hurt. <laughs> yeah like I, I feel like at this point yeah like since daily uh won't be able to get a, a title shot yet because he got lima fighting uh rory next year which i'm oh i can't wait for that fight but yeah he, he's tied up with that so yeah the daily and mvp just that has to be the next move like that has to be the next move like if you're mvp mm-hmm. there's, there's no more time for I mean, I get it. You beat uh, Gonzalez, which that was a really good win, but it wasn't like a great performance. But yeah, like it's time to start fighting like the upper echelon, like on a consistent basis. You can't go from fighting Gonzalez and then going back down to just fighting some no name. So yeah, da- daily and MVP has to happen. We 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 got to get that. And there will be a lot of trash talk, a lot of good build up for that fight. <laughs> that that card will probably do some pretty decent numbers. So. Um, yeah, awesome KO from Daly, probably a, a top five, top ten <laughs> KO of the year. Um, sucks for Larkin though, man. Like I really like Larkin, and these first two fights just haven't gone his way. But on the other side, it, it proves that Bellator, at least like they're, they're the the guys that are in their top are legit. Like these just aren't some Joe Schmo run of the mill. Like these are legit talents that they have at their highest level. Yeah. Um, even if, like, 
even if they don't turn into like um how should I say this like draws like like I I don't know if or what if like Paul Daly is going to turn to a dude who's going to bring like a million views to um to Spike. Like there's value in having the top fighters in your organization. There's a value to that. Um, it, it just it, it, there's a like there's a value to it. There's like a, a prestige value to it, I should say. Uh, and it, that only helps your organization, especially when you're trying to get guys to come and fight for you. Like, hey, we have opportunities for growth here. You know, the people can come in and be tested and not feel like they're just fighting just, you know, little little Joe yeah. Smith from Iowa or whatever. <laughs> I think this makes, uh, I feel like this makes Lima look good, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Lima, Lima's the only dude who struck, who's, like, stood with Daly uh, in recent years. So, like, beat him. And, yeah, Daly even mentioned that in the post-fight. Like, the only two people to stand with him and live were Lima and Diaz. But, like, anybody else yeah. who he stands with, he's probably going to kill. And, yeah. <laughs> so, that, that happened. Um, yeah, if, if it isn't. Yeah, Daly, Daly's probably getting the winner of um, McDonald's. Um, McDonald's I mean, like, yeah, if, if the MVP like, fight doesn't happen, like, he's yeah, he's got to get a title shot at this point. Well, even if the MVP, MVP fight does happen... It's probably going to end with MVP like staring up at the lights. So, either way, title shot, yeah, for him is probably in his very near future. So, <laughs> shouts to him. Yeah, like, like if there's any KO you watch, well, aside from the Pico fight, which we'll get to in a little bit, but yeah, if, if you want some cliff notes from from this Bellator card, definitely watch that KO. It was it was it was it was nasty. <laughs> um. I guess also continuing the theme of UFC guys coming over, Big Country Roy Nelson uh, made his Bellator. Uh. <laughs> he makes his Bellator debut. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to butcher his name. It's Javi. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Ayala. Ayala. Um, I'm a Big Country fan. Uh. <laughs> I wasn't too... I was I wasn't thrilled with him coming to Bellator. I was kind of eh about it at this point in his career. But for what it's worth, um, pretty solid fight. I mean, to be honest, this is one of the, one of the more entertaining big country fights I've seen as of late. wasn't you know great, but I actually you know what. <clears throat> Shout out to Hobby though, for pretty big fellow. He's pretty nimble on the feet, like. In in the striking exchanges, I thought he was. I mean, Roy landed those two pretty good uppercuts, but like Javi was was doing work on the feet, man. He's a pretty nimble guy for somebody his size. Um, And he he was throwing like spinning back kicks, and (laughs) he was doing stuff that just dudes his size aren't supposed to do. But um, yeah, he he looked pretty solid on the feet, but uh, Big Country just had the edge in the grappling, which we don't always see from him, but. And, and this fight, he he definitely used it to his advantage. Uh, yeah, he kind of took Javi down. I can't remember how many. He took him down a pretty good number of times and kind of just pounded him out on the ground. But I feel like for a heavyweight fight, I was I was pretty entertained. Um, no, nobody got a KO or I don't think anybody really got like rocked, rocked in this fight. I mean, they they landed some solid shots, but um, 
it was a pretty good good back and forth fight between two heavyweights. Like uh, to be honest, I was kind of afraid that this fight would end up just being one of those boring heavyweight fights where we just kind of see two guys and it's kind of like, what are you guys doing? But no, this was actually like the crowd was was, was really hyped during this fight. It, it was a pretty good back and forth uh, performance. Uh, solid performance from from both Roy of course we are waiting for the right hand but I feel like that right hand hasn't landed actually in a pretty long time so I'm actually glad that he uses his grappling more and he's not just head hunting because at, at this point dudes know they, they know about the right hand like that's it's not a mystery anymore so I'm not even sure he has yeah that I don't yeah he because like th like the last two guys the only two guys in the last like three four years to be able to knock out are Big Nog and um, Bigfoot, Bigfoot Silva, who he had to go like life or life and death with to get yeah. the knockout. So like I'm not I'm not sure how much juice there is in that right hand anymore. Like I think from now on all big country fights are gonna look like this. Like it's gonna be him fighting for the takedown against guys who are like um who are basically just gonna be bombing yeah. on him. But I mean, shout out to Roy though. He does he does still have a pretty good chin. <laughs> he can still eat a shot and still work through it and get his takedowns, get his ground and pound going. Um but yeah, it was a pretty, pretty entertaining fight. I actually thought it was cool in the in the pre fight when they were showing um you know they always mention that Roy Nelson is a kung fu fighter. And in the pre fight they actually showed <laughs> the Kung Fu gym that he trained in when he was a kid. And they show like the trophies that he's won, all that good stuff. So <laughs> it was it was pretty entertaining to watch. But um, yeah, it, it was a pretty it was a pretty fun pretty fun heavyweight fight. Um, a good performance from Javi though. Like I know Roy Nelson won, and props to him. But like I, I like I really like what I saw from Javi. Um, and in a heavyweight division that just doesn't really seem like there's a lot going for it. <laughs> I mean, he he beat the two guys who are like number one, number two in the division. He beat Congo. He beat yeah. Mitrion. So, oh my God, we're gonna get Fedor versus Roy Nelson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. all right. I'd like to put. I'd like to ask you this question. I asked um the uh the homies the sports sound off yesterday. How far are we from Roy Nelson versus Rico Verhoeven? You mean it, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you mean them bringing him over to glory? I mean, yes. if if we're bringing over Bigfoot, which is a fight that just should never happen. <laughs> we're honestly probably not that far. Like if we're willing to throw Bigfoot in who's just seems like he has one foot in the grave. I mean, why why not at this point? As much as I wouldn't want to watch that fight, I mean, to be honest, it would probably make Verhoeven have a nasty highlight reel because Roy Nelson can eat a shot, and God, at this point, we know Verhoeven can dish him out, so that might look like uh, Nelson's fight with JDS where he's just <laughs> he's just getting pummeled for five rounds, somehow lives, but eats a thousand shots on, on the journey. I don't know. That that fight could conceivably happen. It shouldn't, but it it, it could. It, we we might not be too far from that. But 
Uh, I, I guess solid win for, for Nelson. I'm not sure. I don't really know what's going on in Bellator's heavyweight division, to be honest. So I don't know who he gets next or what. <laughs> but in all fairness, I don't, I don't think Bellator knows what's going <laughs> they on. They don't even have a champ, right? I don't. <laughs> they they so they stripped Vitaly Minikov of the title, but they still have. They're still trying to claim that they have him on contract, and that he's going to resign, and that he's going to fight next season or whatever. Which is what they've been saying since Scott Coker took over Bellator, basically. Oh, God. So, if if you want to see Vitaly Minikov, the true Bellator heavyweight champion fight, just go watch UFC Fight Pass. He fights for <laughs> fight nights. Oh, man. But, yeah, solid. Uh, we'll see what they do with Roy. Uh, for Javi, I mean, you got this KO over Sergey. Uh, you also had a TKO over, was it Roy Bowden? So, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be around. I mean, he's only. I mean, Navayala is Bellator homegrown to like a T. Like, I want to like oh he he's been with them for like four years I mean, now. At, at 30 years old, which at heavyweight being 30 is like 21, because dudes just fight way past when they should, but. <laughs> Like he, he's 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 still in that heavyweight picture of guys. I'm pretty sure they'll they'll throw out there. He'll he'll have some pretty entertaining fights. So shout outs to him. Uh, as for Roy, I wonder if they'll match him up with with Meathead. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Why not? Yeah, might Why not? <laughs> but, uh, pretty pretty entertaining. Bring up. I don't, I don't want to see. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> that double KO. A double knockdown, God. But we'll 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 see what Bellator does in that division. That just across the board just, just seems to be having issues. But uh, that's ne- neither here nor there, I guess. <laughs> On to this next fight, though. That um, yeah, man. This this might be. I, I had to do some research, but um, this might be KO of the year. It, it's it's got to be like top three, like. My God, Aaron Pico and Justin Lin. So uh, Pico is coming off his debut, which did not <laughs> go in his favor um, at all. He got uh, choked out by Zach Freeman for his troubles in 24 seconds. Comes back in this fight. Um, I didn't know now that he's, um, I don't know if he was in his first fight, but I think they said now like he's training with Antonio McKee. He, like he's got a lot of good people in his corner, it seems like. And whatever they did or they did after that first fight, it worked. <laughs> he looked a lot more measured. He was a lot more patient. He was still throwing bombs, but, like, he wasn't, I felt like he wasn't, like, too out of control. He he would have good flurries. And then, like, that, there was that one point during the fight where he had, um, he had Lynn backed up against the cage. And he was just unleashing punches. And then I think he kind of realized, like, all right, I'm not going to get a KO. He's kind of backs off, recenters. So I thought that was good to see. As always, the wrestling, you know, he he got a nice slam in. But my God, that KO. I think he threw a right and a left. And I think Lynn was about to fire back. Or, like, he was in the motion of firing back. And he ate a left hook. that, And just to paint a picture. So, like, the left hook... <laughs> Like, Lynn's head went, like, to the right, and then before he fell, 
it like swiveled all the way the other direction. Like I'm convinced if there was no cage behind him, he might have just his, his head <laughs> would have just turned all the way around. But oh man, it was it was nasty. Like his soul left his body at that impact. It was. Yeah, that was the most. That was one of the nasty. Maybe maybe not the knockout itself. But it was one of the most nastiest like reactions to being knocked out. I've ever seen a human being like go through. Like he's like his whole body. Okay. Um his whole body um like whipped around. Like I like what was it trying to do? like did Lynn get hit and just not realize he got hit and then he was trying to like swivel his head <laughs> to the other side and he lost balance? <laughs> Like, was his body, like, trying to correct itself as he, like, went unconscious standing up? And it just, like, it went too hard in the opposite direction? Like, I, I, I don't know what happened. Like, he swiveled all the way around. Like, yeah. oh, my God. It's so nasty. If, his, if the cage wasn't there, he might actually yeah. be dead. Yeah. Like, it was... Whew. Yeah, th- that was talk about redemption. That is. Imagine if this had been Pico at the freaking pay per view. Like the hype oh, yeah. through the ceiling. Yeah. Man, I mean, um, so Justin Lin is a bantamweight, or I want to yeah, say he, he was a bantamweight yeah, in his last up. like few. He he came up from bantamweight. He he lost like his last two or three fights before this fight. Um, Pico. Sars career at 155 is moving down. Um, no, Pico great. Like he, like he looks way better than most fighters who are basic. Who's like this is basically his first fight because his real first fight went like 30 seconds, not even. So it's basically his first time getting any real cage time. Um, he looked good. Like he threw with power. Like the shots that he was throwing were accurate. Um, he looked good with the wrestling. Mixed it up pretty decently. Um, like there, there were some obvious stretches of the fight where like his fighter IQ has not, his lack of fighter IQ experience was showing. Like when he had um Linda pushed up against the cage and he was just like bombing on him, but none of the f- punches were landing because were, he was just punching his like right. forearms. <laughs> But he, but he still stood there and threw like thirty, forty punches that were like just complete misses. And like he, he got tagged as a result. Like he got tagged like two or three times, and he didn't get rocked, but it was enough to get him, like to get Pico off of Lynn. Like that's something where like you learn to pick your shots, you make them count. If you can't land upstairs to the head, you go to the body. You throw a leg kick, you shoot for a takedown. Like, like there, there are other steps besides just like swinging on a person and getting like overly excited. Um, but no, the, the the counter the hook that he landed to put Lynn out was beautiful. And I'm normally a guy who's like, you know what, KO of the year should go to like not maybe not the most meaningful KO, but like an aesthetically aesthetically beautiful KO. Against a quality opponent, but this was so right. vicious. 
Hey, you yeah, sack. Like, no, I can't think of any KOs this year where somebody's head swiveled. <laughs> like, literally from one side to the other. Yeah, it, it was literally like a real-life fatality. Like, it was... Yeah. Yeah, that was... And, and if you want to talk about building Buzz back up, um, maybe a poor indicator, but our MMA, Reddit MMA site, Pico is the number one... Um, the number one... Uh, on, on the page with like 26 that like 2600 mm. upvotes so that was our marketing team yeah. do your thing like hold, i i pray to god the next year he just fights guys who are like five yeah. and four like do not give him another yeah. zach freeman let him let him let him do let him do the slow build let him <laughs> let him get a few more of these <laughs> a few more of these highlights under yeah, his, like, his belt I I know it's tempting, but we don't need AJ McKee, Aaron Pico in 2017, 2018. Save that for 2019, 2020. Like, build for the future, Bellator. Oh, boy. Yeah, if there's... You guys have to watch that KO. Like... Yeah, no, like, like, yeah, if you have to see anything from this card even maybe the Larkin even more than the Larkin um daily KO go yeah. go watch this cuz god that 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 was yeah. soul shattering <laughs> just oh man like that's, like that's the type of KO if you're like a regional fighter like you, you, you yeah, just have to stop like, fighting you know what this might this might not be the sport for me anymore i should probably go use that degree that I got, <laughs> cool. like, like I, I don't want like yeah like it, like this is like that wake up call if you're like a weekend warrior type dude and you're like I I do this for like an extra twenty five hundred dollars every couple months so I can go get like so I could go take a nice vacation or something like nah nah mm-hmm. I think I'm done with this there, there are people out here that they do this for real <laughs> yeah this is not a game man it's these are the highlights that I see I because I, I I live I actually have like a lot of I don't say a lot but I have some MMA gyms where I live and I actually have some pretty reputable ones but like these are the KOs that I see I'm like you know what I should just stick to being a fan I don't this might not be for me yeah no like <laughs> but shout outs to Pico man this this is uh this you, you, redemption doesn't get much better than that like it does not get much yeah. better. Like if if you had if you had to come out here and um, because like Pico was getting some shit, like Pico and his team was getting some shit for this fight. Like, how are you going to put him in there against a guy with ten fights again? And this happens, like it makes them look like geniuses, and like the Zach Freeman thing look like a not a fluke, but like a like a misstep yeah. on their half behalf. I like that he's at one forty five too. By the way, like. This fight was yeah. at 145, yeah. right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, like I, I, I like it more than I like him at Welter. Yeah. I mean, way. and apparently he, he, I think he said he got. Uh, they worked with a nutritionist, and uh, like I don't think the weight cut was really much of an issue. So, and he's only he's only 20, so which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's tw- 21 yeah. So, now. Oh yeah, because that was his birthday. So, yeah, man, he he's got a bright bright future. I, I hope they yeah just build him up slowly. Dude's only 21. Time is is on his side. 
um, yeah, in, in a few years, he, he might be, he, he could be a pretty big deal. But, um, yeah, K, KO the year. Yeah, dude, this is a, I don't know, like, I, I'm a, he's an AKA dude, so I'm assuming he's with the same team that's with DC and Kane and Luke Rockhold. But, like, his manager is doing a good, like, his agent or whatever, Bellator's PR people are doing a really good job because, like, at, uh, Bellator 180, he was the top, he was the number one story on um, ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. Where's the sports center? I think, what, whichever one of the two. Um, he was the number one story on their website. I, I, I'm not sure if that's by traffic or by, like, somebody might have given them a little money to, like, to be the number one story. Like, Viacom tossed Disney a few bucks to be like, hey, can we get this dude, can we get this kid highlighted on your website or whatever? But, like, he was the top story. So it's working. Like, the buzz is real. It's like it's like that Sage, it's like that Sage Northcut buzz. Except probably a little bit more substantiated. <laughs> he's, yeah, he, he's got an actual highlight reel to, to, oh, God, Sage. He's got a real background. Like, I, like I, Sage, you are the patron saint of the uh, Dojo Talk podcast, but, like, those Kyla tournaments <laughs> you won when you were, like, eight years old, that's not, that, that's not a real background for combat sports. <laughs> Like it, it's cool that you can sling around the um, the sickles, but uh, you, you can't bring yeah, them in the cage. It's real in the field. <laughs> it's very real. But yeah, you guys definitely definitely go go check that that fight out. And uh, last fight rounding out the main card: uh, Gordy Yamayuchi and Adam Piccolotti. Um, Adam, who was ten and zero, I think. Or, Nine and zero, ten and zero, undefeated like before this fight. Um, I feel bad because I really like Yamauchi, and I can't like remember this fight a lot. I just remember <laughs> the submission. Um, all right, so um, just a real quick rundown. Um, Yamauchi submits Piccolotti, uh, first round rear naked choke. Um, the whole sequence starts off with uh Piccolotti shooting for a double leg. I'm not sure if he was hurt or if he thought he saw something, but he shoots. Yamauchi goes for um, a guillotine. Piccolati methodically gets himself out of it. But Yamauchi uses like the space he creates to go for a leg. Um, like Piccolati lands some ground and pound, but uh, Yamauchi really grabs onto that leg. Uses it to stand up and then take Piccolati, not so much take him down, but push him to the fence and take his back where he locks up the rear naked choke. Standing and then drags him to the ground for the tap. So it was a really nice sequence. And then he proceeded to call out Brent Primus. <laughs> yeah, well, it was prompted to call out Brent Primus, we should say. Because, uh, what's the dude's name? Jimmy Smith was like, oh, like so this per- this Brent Primus guy, I'm like, who's Brent Primus? Oh, yeah, he's a champion. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Brent Primus. <laughs> he's a- He's like, Brent, Brent Primus, work hard because the monster's coming in, like, the nice, right. nice guy voice. <laughs> but, yeah, I like Yamuchi a lot, man. I, I, I like watching this guy fight. He's only 24, too, so. It, yeah, it's funny you say that because, like, I remember when Yamuchi first got signed to Bellator. It was, like, this big deal because like, he was, like, this kid with, like, 14 submission wins. Like, most of them in the first round, and he hadn't lost. That was six years ago. That was Bellator 
what, 80 something? Not, not even. Like, when did Yamauchi go Bella, to debut? It was 99. Bella, Bella <laughs> 2013. Score, 99. <laughs> it's been like. Four years. He like he this this guy fought in like a tournament, a the Bellator featherweight tournament. He lost in the corner finals. Like he's been around for a minute. He's only got two losses in Bellator. Will Martinez yeah. and Bubba Jenkins, who I think fought this weekend. Yeah, he fought in ACB. Um, and he beat Diego Marlin by like t- TKO. But yeah, shout out to Tiamuchi. That was a pretty uh, nasty submission. And I guess for Adam, you know, unfortunately you get the first L on your record, but you know, it it, it happens. It's that that first L is just it's yeah. inevitable. You can nobody goes. There are no Floyd Mayweather's in MMA. Like it's it's it. Two. Yeah, yeah, it's too diverse, too yeah. It's, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna come soon. So, but I mean, not not a, not a loss to be ashamed of at all. I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be back. And and their their lightweight division is actually pretty pretty good too. So, Dude, they got yeah. some really good talent. Like that, that that they find on like the regional scene, like Gamalucci, Piccolati. Um, the dudes fighting um on the eighty four cards. The dudes fighting the eighty four card. Uh, the one eighty four card. Um, Steve Cazola and Carrington Banks, like that's a really good fight. A uh, lightweight. Like, I, like, I like what they're doing. Shout out to Bellator, doing not 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 a lot of they, freak. Well, they, we had Fedor, but <laughs> I I feel like the 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 freak show aspect of them is not as big as it used to be. That's because Kimbo's dead. That is true. R.I.P. That is true. But I feel like a lot of their like legit talent is being showcased now. You still get a little freak fight every now and then, now and again, because it wouldn't be Bellator if he didn't. But yeah, like it would be fun if they did. I'm just saying, (laughs) it would not be fun. Yeah, I guess every now and then you gotta. I mean, we got the double knockdown with Fedor and Mitrione. As much as I was dreading that fight, I've never laughed so hard in a movie theater after that moment happened. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Oh, man. But, yeah, Bellator, I think they've had a pretty solid year. And they've, they've got some good fights coming up in the fall. Uh, dude, yeah, their fall schedule is awesome besides um, the Ireland card. Yeah, good old Gallagher fighting. I don't even know the guy's name. Who's <laughs> fighting? But yeah, we got Dantes and Caldwell, which God, I've been waiting for this fight for so long, and it's, it's finally like almost here. Bader of Vassell, Emily Ducati versus uh, versus um McFarlane, Elumale McFarlane for the uh, women's inaugural women's belt uh uh flyweight belt. Um, who am I forgetting? Like, there's a really good card in there that I am for. Oh, Doug. Gegger Musasi versus Alexander yep. Shomenko. So, yeah, they've, they've got some fun some fun fights coming up, man. So, continuing a, a good, a pretty good year. Of com- I'd say a great year, almost, of combat sports. Like, a lot of a lot of knockouts, a lot of stuff going on. And we still got three more months left. So, yeah, just... A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fights this weekend. Really, pretty solid card from... Dude, 
No, I'm just saying, like, we're on a, like, a really great stretch. Then they give us this little, I was just like this little break, though. We gotta, we gotta wait, like, two weeks now. I mean, if if anybody's looking for some boxing, um, what's his name? We got, um, it's Mike Perez versus, uh, is it Mike Perez versus Bria this next week? Let's see. Oh, my page won't load. Um, do 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 do. We have. Yes, is Mike per- Mike Irish Perez, the former Cuban team boxer, who's fighting a uh, Mar- um, Maris Bridis of Latvia, and it's a it's one of the um the the, uh, the World Boxing Super Series cruiserweight uh, quarterfinals, and it's going to be insanely entertaining. Um. Yeah, that's gonna be a tremendous fight. And that's when is that? Is that this weekend? That's next Saturday, and you can catch it on the WBSSS. Wait, no, WBSS uh, website. Um, they air all. The, they're airing most of their car uh, fights on um, their website because no TV provider is picking these fights up for some reason. Because there are no American cruiserweights worth fo- worth following yet. Well, which is insane to me. Well, I'll probably be watching because if I go a weekend and I don't watch fights, it just doesn't feel normal. I feel like I'm missing something. So, well, we got Glory next weekend too. Oh, all right. Who's uh, who's head? Oh, is that? It's not the Bear Hogan fight. Who, who's head on it? Vasru Smalling and um, oh, yeah, Adam yeah, Chuck. Oh yeah, yeah, because Adam Chuck won the um. Yeah, didn't he have a tournament? I don't know if it was a tournament or M. Chuck is just like no, he beat Dylan Salvador. Well, like. anything with uh with uh, Ross, uh yeah, anything with him because the dude is just a tank, <laughs> a tank in that division. I have no idea who, who's gonna stop him, but yeah, I'm I'm always down for for a fight of his. But uh, we're coming up at about an hour fifty five minutes almost, so. About time to do, I guess, parting shots and shout-outs. Um, I guess in general, I'm just going to shout-out this entire card. Um, LFA 23, which uh, I re... Well, I say rewatch. I watched yesterday on replay. Um, a lot of nasty KOs <laughs> on this card. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll save the Sabina for you. Um, but I will... <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have that moment but um i'll mention uh peter stanonick sorry if i'm pronouncing that wrong and kendrick williams um i think that fight kicked off the card and uh it was a really really entertaining fight and then peter i think caught him with a left hook and face planted him so that that was really nasty um brian billiot and brandon shavers which was a fight that brian seemed like he was on his way to losing and then came back with a heel hook in round two so that that was <laughs> that was pretty nasty um andrea kgb lee and jamie thornton a uh, quick note on that fight i think they said they tried to get like 19 people or four some some wild number of people to fight kgb lee and all of them turned it down so they were for jamie was the only person who was willing to step in on short notice and fight um and she actually put up a decent fight too. Like, 
she had competitive moments, but in the end, KGB just kind of got the striking off, but ended up actually winning by Kimura. Um, so yeah, that that was an awesome fight, and in the uh, main event, which I only saw three rounds of, uh, James Nakashima took the welterweight title from Derek Krantz. Um, wasn't the most entertaining fight, but shout outs to Nakashima nonetheless. But yeah, th- this card was really, was really really good, man. A lot of finishes, a lot of young talent on this card. Um, and speaking of young talent, I'll pass it on to you <laughs> for uh, this probably the best KO on the card. Shouts to my fellow Colombian, Sabina Mazo, Mazo, um, fighting out of Medellin. Medellin. I learned how to pronounce <laughs> that yesterday. Shouts to my coworker. Um, <clears throat> With her second head kick KO, I think, of the year inside the LFA cage, she knocked out Jamie, uh, the woman in the main event. What's her name? Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Wharton. Jamie, Jamie Thornton. She knocked her out earlier this year. Um, she head kicks Lindsay Williams into oblivion. Um, literally the exact <laughs> same kick, too. Um, <clears throat> for those who know... <clears throat> sorry. One second. Oh. Uh, there we go. For those who don't know, um, in her first professional fight, I want to say, Maso beats uh, Alejandra Lu- uh, Alejandra <clears throat> uh, is it Luha? Luha? Leha? I'm sorry. I should probably know this. Uh, Sabina Maso. Lara. Lara. There we go. Who recently signed with Bellator to fight in their flyweight division, who was considered the top flyweight in Hispanic South America, not including Brazil, where all the obvious best fighters are in in that in that continent. Um, so no, she's only twenty years old, and she's out here getting big wins and highlight reel finishes. And apparently, she's training in California now, which is only going to improve or help her improve at a quicker rate. Like I, it would not surprise me if she's in the UFC before twenty eighteen rolls around. Yeah, and that that video was, and, yeah, <laughs> vicious. <laughs> yeah, go definitely, guys, go go. If I remember, I might try to leave a link to that. But I mean, yeah, shout out to LFA in general. And we were talking off air about this. Like, if you if you guys, I know Access TV isn't on like every cable provider, but um, if you have Access TV, man, like they they put on a lot of events. Like LFA alone has like three events a month, and then. That's not even including the other Access TV fights you get with, uh, I think they have CES, MMA, then you get like line fights, so. If you're a fan of pro wrestling, there's New Japan. Pro wrestling, yeah, because that always comes on like right before LFA starts. So yeah, like, uh, especially LFA, like, this was their 23rd um, card, they've only been around since January. So, like, they're out here, they're doing shows, they're getting people fights, and that's a beautiful, and beautiful thing. a quick graphic they showed, um, I think it was specifically more to the women, a lot, and I mean a lot, <laughs> of their women have went on to the UFC. Like, they showed a graphic of how many started in the LFA and went on to the UFC, and, like, all of them are ranked. <laughs> Holly Holm, Valentina Shevchenko, um... Sarah McMahon fought for them, I think, or my or she fought for like Legacy mm-hmm. or something like that. 
I could just be pulling uh, that Cynthia my ass. Cavio um, was on there. It was a lot of people. True, true. True. Um, oh, yeah. Now I'm thinking of Titan. Okay. Um, point, yeah, like, point being, there's, there's been a lot of women who fought for L- RFA, Legacy, and LFA who've gone on to do big things in the UFC. Um, some of them, <clears throat> some of them are probably on that tough show that I'm not watching <laughs> right now. I don't think LFA had Eric Anders, too, uh, who knocked out uh, Natal. Yeah, because he was, yeah. Yep. So, LFA is the place to be if you're a top-flight prospect looking for a jump, yeah. a jumping spot. So... Yeah, shout out to shout out to them. Um, so yeah, that that'll be my my one part part in chat. Shout out to LFA twenty three, that whole organization. They they put on some pretty awesome cards. Really, really good at showcasing regional talent. All right, I got one more before we get right. out of here. And I'm I actually kind of two, but I'm trying to keep it the one. Um, Kika Chavez versus um Esmeralda Moreno. So, for those who don't know, the WBC has been doing a female light flyweight slash flyweight tournament for the past, like, year, year and a half, um, featuring the, well, year, actually, yeah, year, year, um, featuring the best women at uh, light flyweight and flyweight, which are the two best divisions of women's boxing. And we finally getting the finals with the winner getting the WBC diamond belt, which is going to be, like, the fourth women to ever get it. Um, it's going to be between Jessica Kika Chavez and Esmeralda Moreno. This will be their third fight. Um, they're both one-on-one in the series. They're two of the greatest women's fighters ever, two of the best Mexican fighters ever. Um, it's actually really funny. Esmeralda Moreno announced, the, the day that the tournament was announced, the WBC Diamond Belt tournament was announced, Esmeralda Moreno was there because the um, she had just fought Jessica Kilia Chavez for the WBC uh, flyweight title. At the at this sit down conference that the WBC has, she went there to complain about getting a rematch because she felt she was robbed on the cards. Um, she did. I think they were contemplated giving her the rematch, but at the same day they announced this tournament where they wanted to get the best. Uh, their intent to they announced the tournament. They announced their intent to have a tournament. So they go through this whole tournament process. And Esmeralda Moreno and Jessica Kika Chavez end up fighting each other anyway. And I can't think of a better way to end one of the best trilogies in women's boxing than to have it for the WBC Diamond Belt. So, shouts to them. They'll be fighting next week on Saturday. Hopefully, is that um, is that on like online anywhere or? Um, it's going to be on Televisa in Mexico. Like, Mexico actually airs their women's fights on like the biggest platform for their boxers male or women and from what i understand chavez is actually pretty popular and uh, this is kind of a really big deal down there like the this fight was actually supposed to happen last month but it was booked for the same day as um one mr Floyd mayweather <laughs> and one mr conor mcgregor and uh, Mexico Televisa was like, we're just going to push you guys back to our next available smart date. Of it. Smart, smart decision. Unlike Rockhold. Yeah. But, um, it, but if, you re- if anybody really wants to watch it, it'll probably be on YouTube literally the next day. So next Sunday, check it out. If you're in Mexico, 
try and watch the fight. It's going to be fun. Oh, and quick shout-out to uh, Unir Dorticos, who melted uh, Kudryashov uh, in Texas in a fight nobody saw because American TV providers are stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that highlight on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, dude, he <laughs> melted him. I got to go back and rewatch that whole fight, though. But yeah, I think I saw somebody post it. It, it was... Oh, it was Lord. only two rounds, but yeah, no. <laughs> Dorticos had one of the best fights of last year. Um, <clears throat> I'm really upset that nobody picked up the fight for TV because that, that's the type of dude you want on your TV. He is 22-0, 21 knockouts. He has the story. He's a Cuban defect. like A defector, I should say, not defect. That, that sounds mean. Um it's it's just, it's just a shame. This fight happened in Texas. Nobody could send like a TV crew down there to right. go like pick it up and like air it on FS1 or something. Like bullshit. But yeah, yeah, it did look pretty nasty. I gotta go back and and re rewatch that because <laughs> yeah, people were on my timeline going going nuts when that happened. But yeah, a lot of so much violence this weekend. So much just beautiful beautiful violence and it's not ending we got uh a slight intermission before bellator and ufc come back next time we'll have uh <laughs> tony ferguson and kevin lee that should be a really interesting card um and then for bellator upcoming uh we got the dantes and caldwell fight and then as you mentioned be boxing fights in between so a lot a lot of stuff going on um, I guess before we get out of here, um, as always, you can catch us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, and you can catch us on iTunes now. It's official. So if you go, Steve Jobs <laughs> approves of us right. beyond the grave. <laughs> he he gave me the blessing that I was looking for. So if you go uh, to iTunes, um, and you want to search the podcast. I'm search search Serial Sensei, and then you'll see Dojo Talk podcast pop up. Um, if you could, please leave a rating, leave a comment. I would really, 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 really appreciate it. Uh, Only right. positive. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not get, keep your yeah, keep your negativity. Yeah. And, to anything yourself. less than four stars, we don't need you. Uh, we don't need you over here. So you, you can. I need I need the the quality Mario stars. Anything below that, we I can't accept. But um, uh, shout out to my homie uh, Pale Moon and uh, my homie Jay for. Uh, being the first two to rate and comment really really appreciate it rest of you guys if you're listening right now go to itunes type in serial sensei give me a rating leave a comment be a good person that's, that's what it boils down to if you don't leave a rating you might not be a good person so go go be a good person but uh we're on itunes uh as always you can like the dojo talk facebook page just go to facebook type in dojo talk podcast and you can follow me on twitter at serial sensei so that's pretty much it for the day. We covered a lot, a lot of good fights, more good fights to come, more content to come. Um, yeah. So I guess until next time, catch you guys later. Hopefully I can stop coughing. We can both get well. We won't be hoofing over the mic <laughs> next, <laughs> next time we record. But 
As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it, and hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace.